Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today, we will finish up our conversation on burning calories. We're going to put the counting calories series and burning calorie series together to decide how we can utilize all of this information to do something with it. First, let's review very briefly what we've talked about the last two episodes. In part one of the burning calorie series, we talked about the three main energy systems, the aerobic system, the glycogen system, and the anaerobic system, how the aerobic system burns fat, the glycogen system burns, burns carbs, and the anaerobic system burns creatine phosphate. We talked about the thermic effect of food and the process of digesting food, why that takes time. We also, in part two, talked about a number of things related to resting metabolic rate and how to improve that. Some of the most effective ways is building more muscle. That's going to help over the long term. Also, drinking more water and getting better sleep. Those are improve your, will improve your resting metabolic rate. And then finally, how to improve your movement thermogenesis through getting more neat, non-exercise activity thermogenesis or the movement that you just get throughout the day, how that's going to probably have the greatest impact on your calorie burn throughout the day, if you will. And then the kind of exercise that you're doing not being as important as the intensity of the exercise because it is the calorie burn overall that you're looking for if we're talking about weight loss. And understand that most of this conversation is in the context of weight loss because most people who are counting calories not all, but most people who are counting calories are trying to lose weight, fat more specifically. We will have a whole series around fat loss in the future. So this isn't an in-depth look at fat loss itself. It is just an in-depth look of calories in and calories out and how it can be complex, but how we can also use it to achieve our goals. Because there have been many people who have achieved their goals when it comes to counting calories. There have been many people who have lost plenty of weight and kept it off by counting calories, who have maintained their weight, and who have put on weight by counting calories. So while it is a very complex idea, it also can be utilized correctly. We'll talk about some of those strategies today. So let's first look at what we need to know if we're going to utilize this counting calories idea. Well, we first need to know what our daily energy expenditure is. In other words, how many calories are we burning in a day on average? On average is very important because from one day to the next, it could be different. If you exercise on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you're going to burn more calories when you're than the days that you're not exercising. That makes perfect sense. Also, on average, more people are lazy on Sundays and lay around more on Sundays, so you're burning less calories then. Unless, of course, you're the kind of person who does maybe yard work or stuff on Sundays. Nonetheless, so this is an average that we're looking for. We're not going to go over any in-depth equation because you can go online and find a calculator for this in many different places. If you just type in total daily energy expenditure calculator into your search engine, the interwebs will do their thing and they will pop up plenty of options for you to look. You can find some basic ones that you just put in your height, weight, a couple of other basic things, your gender, and your 
daily activity level and it'll pop up a number. There are also more in-depth ones. So it's up to you with the information that you have, what one, which one of those calculators you want to use to uh, figure out your daily energy expenditure. We need to know that number in order to know what we need to adjust to lose weight, which is what we're primarily going to talk about. We'll talk about maintaining and gaining weight as well, but we're primarily talking about losing weight. Okay, so go on, the, make it easier on yourself. Go on the interwebs and do that and figure out your average, what your guesstimated daily energy expenditure is. If you want to be more precise, you can, of course, do this. You still need to figure out your resting metabolic rate, in which case, remember, there's thermic effect of food. There is the resting metabolic rate and there is movement thermogenesis. Those are the ways we burn energy. Thermic effect of food is very hard to figure out. I'm sure there's a way to do it, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> resting metabolic rate. You need to do in a laboratory in order to figure out your actual resting metabolic rate. So the best way to do that is again, through a calculator that you find online, uh, your movement thermogenesis, you can find an average on your tracker. I'm, most of us have watches now that track our activity. So you can find your average roundabout, understand that these things can be off by, I forget what the number is anywhere from like 20% to 90% off. So they can, yes, they're not terribly accurate, if you will. So don't take these watches as like what's happening per se. So use that with a grain of salt. That's why using a calculator that you find online for your daily energy, energy expenditure is probably gonna be your best bet because if you go through the calculations anyway, it's going to be off by about just as much. You want a base number to start with. And then over time, you can adjust your calorie intake based on what you're seeing happening, whether you're losing weight or not. We'll tell you if you need to eat more calories or less calories. So all that to say, go online, type in daily, total daily energy expenditure calculator. Find one that you like, put in the information to find your basic total daily energy expenditure. Boom. Once we have that number, then we can start to figure out the amount of calories that we need to intake to start to lose weight. A pound of fat contains about 3,500 calories. So in order to lose a pound of fat, we need to be in a 3,500 calorie deficit over some period of time. We're going to use seven days as our period of time because most people think of losing weight as a week to on a week to week basis. Oh, I only lost this many pounds this week. So that's the period of time we're going to use. So you want to choose how much weight you want to lose over the course of a seven day period of time. So of course, you you're going to have your overall goal, whatever that number is 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds, that is going to be a long term goal. Our short-term goal is going to be seven days. Over the course of seven days, on average, how many pounds do you want to lose? It's very important that you make this a realistic number. If you make it five pounds, you might do that the first week, maybe the second week. Most of that's going to be water weight. And the second that you up your calories, it's all going to come back on. 
and it's going to slow down very quickly. And that's going to be the kind of starvation diet that will rebound your weight much faster and likely put on more weight after the fact. So make this number something in the range of one to two pounds. <laughs> it's not many options. It's up to you if you want it to be more, but it should be one to two pounds. It can, if you have a lot of weight to lose, it can be a little more for four to six weeks, maybe, maybe a little longer than that. It can be a little more. But if you're talking about 10 to 20 pounds that you need to lose, shooting to lose one to two, maybe three pounds a week in the beginning is going to be a good place to start because that amount of weight loss is going to be the most sustainable weight loss. Because what we don't want to happen is, number one, for you to burn out because you're completely starving, and then you just start eating again and start putting on all that weight very quickly and more most of the time. We also don't want your body to deteriorate. As we saw in the Counting Calories series, series during extreme starvation, or even moderate starvation, our bodies start to shut down. Our bodies think that we're not, we're in a famine state. So it starts to expend the expendables um, and hang on to the things that are the most important and even slow those down. We talked about how your metabolism slows down during that time frame. Um, of course, your nails and your skin and your hair and all that stuff starts to deteriorate. Those are, are, are expendable things. That's why even moderate starvation over a long period of time, probably not the best strategy to go. I'm emphasizing a one to, I'll even stretch it to three pounds, one to three pound weight loss per week because that's going to be most sustainable for most people. Yes, of course, there are outliers who can do a little more than that and keep it off, but they are outliers. They're not the average. The average person is going to be at their best when they're losing on average one to three pounds per week. Okay. <laughs> so where were we? Okay. So 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. Decide how many pounds a week that you want to lose. We're going to use one pound as our example today. So I want to lose one pound per week. So I'm going to take 3,500 and I'm going to divide it by seven since that's the period of time that I'm trying to lose a pound a week. So if I take that number and I multiply it by the number of pounds that I want to lose per week, so 3,500 divided by seven, that's 500 calories a day. That's one pound a week. If I want two pounds a week, I multiply it by two. That's a thousand calories a day. If I want three pounds a week, I multiply it by three. That's 1500 calories a day, so on and so forth. I then take that number, which for our purposes is 500 calories, because if I am in a 500 calorie deficit a day over the course of seven days, that's 3,500 calories, which is about one pound of fat, then I should lose about one pound a week. I'm going to take that 500 calorie number and I'm going to subtract it from my total daily energy expenditure that I got from the calculator that I found on the interwebs. Okay, that's why that number is very important to find. Total daily energy expenditure is important because it gives us what we need to 
subtract in order to start to know what calories we need to, it gives us the number that we need to subtract from in order to know how many calories we need to start to intake. So for instance, if I am burning on average 2,500 calories a day through the thermic effect of food, my resting metabolic rate, and my movement thermogenesis, then I need to eat 2,000 calories a day in order to lose about a pound a week. I got that by taking that 2,500, subtracting 500 calories, that's 2,000 calories a day. That is a 500 calorie deficit over the course of seven days, that's 3,500 calories, which is about one pound, what it takes to burn one pound of body fat. So if you think about that, many people, moderately active people, burn between probably 2,200 to 2,500 calories a day, pretty easily, I'd say, moderately active people. But a lot of those people are eating much less than 2,000 calories a day. I know it's very easy for many of our members, if we say eat 2,000 calories a day, they're like, man, that's crazy, 2,000 calories a day. Seems crazy. But the truth of the matter is, when you get further into that deficit, your body doesn't like it as much. That's why it's important to know these kinds of numbers so that you know what's happening to your body and you know how much it actually takes to start to lose weight. 3,500 calories over the course of a seven-day period isn't all that much. 500 calories a day, a 500-calorie deficit per day is not all that much. The trick is knowing what those numbers are because like I mentioned over the course of the last 14 days, Knowing your calories in is actually very hard because there are so many different variables that actually go into it from packaging being off by a certain percent to how many of the calories your body is actually utilizing to what are the nutrients that you're eating within that meal. All of those things are going to impact the calories that you're actually going to put into the body. Calories out equally as it's hard to calculate and understand. The total daily integer energy expenditure calculator that you found is giving you a guess based on all the information that we basically put out over the last couple of days. What's your resting metabolic rate? How is your heart pumping? How is your brain functioning? How are your muscles functioning? That calculator has no clue about any of that. It's just taking an average, it's putting it into an algorithm, and it's pumping something out. So... While that's a place to start, and unless you want to go to a lab and get all of these things measured to figure out, you got to start with something. So this is just a place to start. So when you are figuring out these numbers, understand that they are just basic numbers, and you need to adjust accordingly once you've started to actually follow through with the calorie recommendation. So if I'm burning 2,500 calories a day and my recommendation is 2,000 calories a day to lose about a pound a week, start eating 2,000 calories a day. Do that for a couple weeks. If you're not budging in your weight and it's staying the same, then don't go cutting your calories in half. Bring them down by 200 calories a day or something very moderate, 200, 250 calories a day. 
It doesn't need to be drastic because we just need to do it enough to start to see progress. Once things start to move in the direction that you're trying to go, stay where you are. So if you go from 2000 calories, you're not doing anything. You do that for two weeks. Your body weight doesn't adjust at all. Adjust down by 200 calories. Now you're at 1800. Do that for two weeks. If you're starting to lose weight, stay at it. Stay with it. Keep doing the same thing that you're doing. Try not to adjust too much. Because remember, remember on the other end of that, if all of a sudden you start exercising, that deficit gets much bigger and things are going to change. So while you're adjusting calories, you can't also be adjusting your movement activity because then it's going to change your daily energy expenditure. And you see how this can get to be confusing. So it's important that you, if you're going to utilize it, you understand that there are a number of different variables here. Activity is going to be the biggest one that's going to change your calories out. So if you keep your activity consistent while you're adjusting your calories in, then you're going to be in good shape and vice versa. If you keep your calories inconsistent while you're adjusting your calories out, then you're going to be in good shape. You just have to decide which one you want to adjust. Do you want to start with, okay, here's the calories that I know that I'm eating and then adjust your calories out accordingly, start moving more, start exercising more, or do you want to do the other one? Figure out what your total daily energy expenditure, stick with that number, and then adjust the calories that you're taking in. You're probably going to be better off doing one or the other, starting with one and then working toward the other, than trying to do both of them at the same time. Because remember, if you start to, if you're living a sedentary lifestyle now and your, your nutrition is not where you want it to be and suddenly you cut your calories in half and you start moving a lot more, you've just created a gigantic deficit and therefore your body's like, I have no clue what you're doing to me right now. Whereas instead, if you just choose one of them, don't change your nutrition yet or don't change your activity habits yet, and change one at a time, then you can start to see what's actually going to happen, okay? So that's probably going to be the best strategy for most people, not for everybody. And I'm not saying that that's a long-term strategy because if you're trying to become a healthier person and you wanna maintain this weight loss, then research shows that having a good nutritional path and healthy exercise habits at the same time is going to be the best way to do that. So you do want both of them eventually, but you also need to do this in a sustainable way that's going to work. And historically for many people, trying to do both of them at the same time could be very challenging, not only from a schedule standpoint, but from a body standpoint, the body just going, man, you're just throwing lots at me. So nonetheless, just remember that we want to make those changes. Figure out what that total daily energy expenditure is. Figure out how many pounds a week you want to lose. One to three is going to be your best bet. Take 3,500, divide by seven. So that's 500 calories a day. Multiply that by however many pounds you want to lose per day. And that's going to be your deficit. Okay? So your deficit probably for most people is going to be somewhere between 500 and 1500 calories per day, depending on how many pounds you want to lose per week. 
So that's a basic look at kind of how you will use, you could use the basic energy expenditure equation, if you will. But let's look at a couple of other steps that you can take to maybe just start to shift how your body is utilizing nutrients and how you can start to think about this instead. All right, so to start with, remember that all calories and all foods are processed. And the more processed a food is, the more calories you're going to extract from it. The average American and the average person in a westernized society at least eats a more ultra-processed diet. In other words, they have a lot of ultra-processed foods that are on the far end of the continuum where the food has been very processed and therefore you can easily, more easily extract those calories as you eat them. On the other end of that spectrum are things like almonds and walnuts, vegetables that have less processing to them but are still processed. Almonds still need to be taken out of their shell. Broccoli still needs to be cut from the root. So they're still processed. You still have to do something to them. They are much less processed. So if you can start to shift more toward that less processed food, those, uh, those food choices on the other end of the spectrum, then you will start to extract less calories out of them and also actually have many more nutrients, micronutrients, which are very important in your diet as well. That shift alone may start to kickstart your weight loss if that is your goal. So instead of eating 100 calories of, say, potato chips, you have 100 calories of, say, broccoli, which sounds very boring. But nonetheless, I, I actually, I don't think you could eat 100 calories of broccoli. Most people would be full way before that. But if you shift from potato chips to broccoli, you have already made a gigantic change in the nutrients that you're taking in. Even if it is 100 calories of broccoli that you're actually eating, you're not going to utilize 100 calories of broccoli in your, throughout the digestive process because your body just can't digest it. Your body just can't utilize it, okay? Because most of that is fiber anyway, and your body can't, if it's raw broccoli, your body can't digest it, literally can't use it. So shifting to, toward a less processed diet will have a gigantic impact. Number two, speaking of fiber, eating foods that are higher in fiber, also very important. Most of these foods should be on the less processed spectrum, if you will. So like a high fiber cereal, while it's going to be better than say, I don't know, Lucky Charms, which is much lower in fiber, it's still going, you're still going to be able to extract a, a lot of calories out of it because even though it's high fiber, it's very ultra processed and your body's still going to utilize a lot of those calories. Whereas, whereas vegetables, raw vegetables especially, are very high in fiber and your body does not, you just can't extract a whole lot of calories out of them because of that fiber content. Your body can't digest fiber. It literally flows through you and so you it slows the digestion process down and therefore you don't extract, you also don't extract as many calories from the food itself. So shifting to a less processed diet, adding more fiber into your diet, and then lastly, adding more protein or having protein at every meal, adding more protein into your diet.
protein, as we've talked about, has an energy availability of about 70%. In other words, your body eats up 30% of it just through digestion alone. And if you have protein at a meal, it also changes the caloric availability of that full meal. Whereas if you just have a snack of potato chips and that's all you eat is 100 calories of potato chips, there's a good chance that your body will utilize most, if not all of those potato chips. If you have chicken breast before the potato chips, sounds very appealing, I know, but if you have a chicken breast before you have the potato chips, it'll slow the processing of those potato chips down. So having protein at each meal is very important. Now I understand that there are lots of vegetarians, vegans out there. And so that idea is going to require much more effort than someone who's, you know, an omnivore who eats meat and all that good stuff. Um, so you have to make sure that you're paying attention to the protein content of the foods that you are eating. And also understand that not all proteins are created equal, which is a discussion for another time. But vegans and vegetarians should take this into account as well. But you have to know the protein content of the food that you're eating and make sure that it is, mm, this isn't as maybe important, um, but make sure that the wholeness of the proteins that you're eating together is important as well, because not all proteins are created equal. Some of them have different, if it's not a whole protein source, which basically comes from animals, then it is a partial protein, and therefore you're not getting all the amino acids, which may not have the same effect. So nonetheless, I digress. If you start to make those shifts before even thinking about counting calories, there's a good chance that you'll start to see a shift in your weight as well. Less processed food, more fiber and protein at every meal, those three things alone could have a drastic change in your nutrient uptake and therefore your potential weight loss if that is your goal. Good. Okay. I know that that was a lot to cover today. A lot the last couple of weeks, a lot of information to review, but it was a topic worth diving into because it's something that a lot of people do and there it's just not as cut and dry as we've seen. Um, a couple of questions to think about before we rock and roll. First, am I being realistic with my weight loss goal? We talked about one to three pounds per week being the number that you should shoot for. If you're trying to do more than that, you can probably do it for some period of time, but eventually it'll stop and it increases the likelihood that if or when you start to change your nutrition again, you'll put weight back on and usually more weight and usually more fat than you had before. So are you being realistic with your weight loss goal? Very important question. What foods can I add to replace the ultra, ultra processed foods that I'm eating? So how can you shift toward that less processed, those less processed foods starting to shift your intake down the spectrum is all we need to do. You don't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be every time, but just starting to make some decisions that of foods that are less processed. Finally, how can I start getting more protein into my diet? Again, protein has, will 
change the digestion of every meal that you eat. If you have less protein, it's going to speed up digestion. If you have more protein, it will slow down. Just, uh, just that idea alone. It's not gonna be drastic. It's not gonna be a huge, huge shift, but it will change the structure of the meal. And that change changes the fabric of how your body utilizes it. And understanding that is very important. Also understanding all of this concepts that we've gone over the last couple of weeks, which plays into this whole thing, which is why you should go back and probably listen to it again. So enjoy that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, I'm kind of kidding. If you think you need to review some things, it's always worth going after. Nonetheless, make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you share so that your friends can get the good news too. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success and health and fitness mastery.